TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome in to Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Very nice intro, as always, but it was a little bit of a lie because Coach John Cohn and Joel Redwanski are not in the house. It's just me, Neil Malone. I don't know if Coach got lost in the snow or something. It's the holidays. We'll give him a break. Plenty to talk about today. We're going to go into the NFL, a little college basketball. Got some baseball deals I wanted to talk about. And we'll get into... Just how pathetic it was that the Bulls blew a 35-point lead that they had last night against the Sacramento Kings at home. So plenty to talk about during this holiday season. Hopefully you're staying out of the snow today. We're going to wrap up the NFL Week 15 scores. Monday night game last night. How bad was that game, by the way? 45-12 winners were the New York Giants over the Washington Redskins. Just when you think the Redskins were kind of turning the corner, they almost handed the Saints their first defeat of the season, looked good in that game, started to play a little bit better after starting the year with Jim Zorn pretty much you know, as good as out as head coach. Now they absolutely get demolished by the Giants on Monday night. They looked horrible. And, you know, it seems like this year in these primetime games, it's been hard to get a good game. A lot of them have been blowouts. Or if they aren't blowouts, it's teams that you expect to win not showing up to play. Like we had a few weeks ago, San Francisco over Arizona. You know, Arizona beats Minnesota. Brett Favre and you know in Minnesota has been clicking all year, and then San Francisco comes through, Mike Singletary and, and company, and beats Arizona easily. They turn the ball over seven times. It's hard to get a good game. I do have to say though, the Monday Night Football crew on ESPN is fantastic. John Gruden and and Ron Jaworski and company, absolutely unbelievable. We want to get to your calls. 888-463-6748 is our number. Two guys and a mic, talkzone.com. We have the privilege of having Mark Carmen on the show, a colleague of mine at WGN Radio. Mark, are you there? I am, Neil. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. How is vacay? Well, you know, uh, Malone, I'm sitting in the... Phoenix Airport, and uh, far be it for me to rip on a company, but if you uh, are choosing your air travel, I highly, highly recommend staying away from the U.S. airways, because clearly they are the most torturous airline that I've ever flown. Wow, and, U.S. Uh, airways. I, I, U.S. airways, that's it. I don't, I don't mean to kill them. 
but they are the type that uh, charges you the extra for the uh, check-on bag, which is uh, getting to be a good thing. But so I'll just give you a little brief thing that not you really probably don't care about, but Go everybody ahead. has their angst in holiday season. You know, I, so I, I'm flying out and uh, I want to get on an earlier flight. Instead, I'm you know I'm connecting through Vegas from Chicago to Vegas to Phoenix. I want to go direct, right? Call yeah. up. Lots of availability on the flight, right? Chicago to Phoenix. Tons of availability on the earlier flight. Get to the airport. They said it'd be fine. This is, so I get there for a 5:30 a.m. flight here. You know, this is a 3:30 wake up. It's an early commitment to get on this flight. Yeah, it's a big I get time there thing. And they, Right. I get there, and, and they say, you know what, since it's your first leg of the flight and you're on a, a dividend miles ticket, we are unable to switch you over to standby. Now, granted, the standby, I was willing to pay the $50 switch to the other standby situation fee, which in the past, if there was opportunities to be on a flight, you would just, you know, and it was there, they would put you on a day of. But now, yeah. even if there is opportunities, it's a $50 fee. I was willing to pay that $50 fee, but U.S. Airways would not do it for me. They wanted me to cough over the 150 and I just couldn't do that for U.S. Oh. Airways. I thought that was a bad investment for the U.S. Airways. So they're charging so you They're, they're charging they're, you for bags, they're charging you for standby stuff, trying to get on another flight? I mean, yep. Wow. It's, it's, they're really going for it. But, you know, these are tough times, and uh, the airline industry has had its issues. More importantly than that, though, the Phoenix Suns took on the LeBron James Cavaliers last night in the desert. I did not go, but they did. I did see two wicked uh, LeBron dunks out here that uh, people were talking about on Sports Talk uh, in the Phoenix area, KTAR, 620 AM. How is the Sports no, Talk out there? You know, it's an interesting question. I was trying to ascertain whether I liked it or didn't like it, and I think I liked it. Okay. They had the, they had the morning griddle, mm. uh, you know, for they were going to sizzle up some football. Okay. They they called the Sunstock the Orange Crush. They played a little a follow me, a little REM. Maybe pan fry some basketball. Yeah, you know, I thought I thought they were you know being creative. No, no, it's nothing that two guys in a mic is not <laughs> done, of course. Uh, of course. But, uh, what, what do you got for, uh, you know, since I've been out of town, Neil, I'd like to hear your take on the Milton Bradley trade. Uh, I know that's a little in the rearview mirror, but are people ecstatic about this? Are people uh, not caring at all that uh, if they were able to finally get rid of good old number 21? I think the general consensus, yeah, is exactly that around here. People are just happy that psychotic Milton Bradley has finally left town. And... Uh, it's funny that, you know, people, it wasn't as much about who was on the other end, being Carlos Silva or Cash or whatever. Cash was obviously nice, but it was just the fact that he is now gone. And the deal was, you know, because the deal was kind of done before people thought in the sense that, you know, if it wasn't going to get done at the winter meetings necessarily when everybody was expecting it, you know, people thought this guy was going to be around for, you know, up until spring training. So he's gone, Mark. By the way, you accurately predicted on two guys that I'm like from the winter meetings that Milton Bradley would not be dealt during that time period. So pat on the back for you, pal. Uh, well, thank you. I, I, you know, that was my first time as a correspondent, and I feel like I nailed it right on the right on the head. On the money, brother. Now, would, did, did Jim Hendry say that Carlos Silva is? penciled into uh, the rotation, the bullpen, the triple-A's rotation? Did he say anything of the such? I don't think they've made a definitive decision yet. Um, but, 
you know, I think he's one of those guys that's versatile if he stays healthy. So I think he could he could fill, you know, a few different different areas. I think I think keeping him healthy is going to be the key because I think he's had some big time problems with that. But Milton's gone, and uh, you know, there's been some other baseball moves as well. Jason Marquis signing with the Nationals. How much? Two years, fifteen. I feel like after the season he had last year, it's a nice price tag. Two years, fifteen million. I would have guessed he would have gotten slightly more and from a better team, but yeah, but the Nationals for fifteen million—that's the best mark he could do. I'm surprised Colorado didn't want to keep him. No money. I'm I'm kind of surprised by that too. Fifteen and thirteen, four oh four ERA. He, you know, he started off a lot better. His record was was much better, and then I think. At the end, he started picking up a bunch of losses. But, uh, you know, still, that's a good year, especially in Colorado. So Yeah, and that's the story of Marquis' career. Great in the beginning, and then for whatever reason, he fades in the second half. Yeah, what, he had a uh, weird Cubs career. What, let me uh, switch topics on you once again as I try to control my ADD. What was the reaction to 31-7? Uh... You know, I was actually working the Blackhawks game at WGN. I barely even watched it because it was, you know, so brutal. But I think if there was a last straw, it was probably this game. I mean, everybody, they looked lifeless. Were you able to catch any of the game? I did not see any of the game. I um, It was awful. I, I, was, I, it was, I believe I was enjoying the beautiful uh, Dove Creek golf course. Ooh, but, uh, how'd you hit them? Uh, you know, we struggled. It was, it was not, uh, the greatest performance. I gotta tell you, the highlight of this trip was a visit to the Grand Canyon. Mm. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. But, uh, yeah, you, that's, would you not agree that that is something that one must do in a lifetime? Yes, that is a sight to see. Did you go all the way to the bottom or what did you do? Did not go to the bottom, did a five hour hike. Uh, yeah, you know, I kind of, uh, I kind of went the same route. I didn't go all the way right. to the bottom, but. No, it's right. you know it's really cool. Fringe benefits too, of course, is the guide. And I was fortunate enough to get a 21-year-old graduate of the University of Northern Arizona, male or very, female? Uh, female of the oh. uh, hippie variety that I did uh, propose marriage to. She <laughs> unfortunately did not accept. Bad call on her part. But now, was this on horseback? No, no, no horseback. We just uh, walked walked on down there. Did you have a walking and, stick? Uh, I did have two sticks of uh, for because there was some snow, so we had oh. a uh, you know there was some precautionary measures taken. Okay. And uh, you know it was a good time. Me and my buddy Rob uh, Ginsburg out here, so you know which is always a little dicey when you're the guy on the guy vacation. Uh, yesterday we were playing tennis, took the morning cardio tennis, and they were asking uh, which room to charge the bill to, and if and uh, he was like, same room. I'm like, yep, same room, 1042. So was this, a, was this a resort deal? Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the canyon wasn't, but the tennis was, as I segue, uh, the ADD once again going. I uh, I said, yep, same room, but we do have two beds in there. Just want to get put on the record. Two beds in room 1042. Okay. That was important to mention. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, before I let you go, one more thing. On, yeah. a, on a degree of 1 to 10, 10 being the most excited... How excited are you about the Blackhawks? Because this town is failing to produce another 
formidable team in terms of rooting for them around here. Because the Blackhawks have been, they've been killing it when you were gone. You know, I, I saw the, the blasting of Detroit, and the excitement is just going to continue to build. However, I thought you were going with how excited level 1 to 10 are you on the Northwestern Wildcast. And on that one, I would have said a 15. Ooh, big okay. game with Central Connecticut State tonight, by the way. Uh, check out BigTenNetwork.com. I will be on the color call of that one. But uh, Look at that. Say that I, one I, more I, time, just so you can plug it. Mark Carmen, BigTenNetwork.com. BigTenNetwork.com. A huge game. The Wildcats in Central Connecticut State play-by-play man. Rob Coon and yours truly doing the color, which, by the way, that will play on take delay on the Big Ten Network. You can see it on the Big Two. Just not I like that. And the game is going on tonight at 7 o'clock. I would love to so do I that for my 15. Hoosiers. Yes, and, and you deserve that opportunity. 15 for Northwestern. For the Blackhawks, uh, I really do think the Blackhawks are going to win the Stanley Cup. I think that when you read other teams talking about the Hawks, that's their marquee game. They look, the Hawks are looked upon by the rest of the NHL like they're the best team in, in hockey. They do have the so, best, yeah, they have the best win percentage, I believe. Um, so they've, you know, I, are you a knock on wood kind of guy? Because I, I kind of am. I, I don't know if I'm ready to say they're going to win the Stanley Cup just because of jinx purposes, but they are looking pretty unstoppable, I, I do have to say. I, I am not a, I'm a knock on wood type of guy when it comes to the Cubs. When it comes to uh, the Jordan Bulls, when it comes to current Wildcats, but for the Blackhawks, I don't feel the need to knock on what I just feel very comfortable on what's going on. Well, there you have it. From the poorly designed, I may say, Phoenix Airport. You know, if, if, <laughs> if you have to, if you have to change flights in Phoenix, you know, there's a, there can be scenarios where you have to kind of walk all the way around. You can't. There's no shortcuts in that airport. So. That's no, I, I have noticed that, and uh, and I also noticed the enormous uh, security check-in line that wound around uh, the like seemingly the entire airport to get through. And I also highly recommend not being hoaxed into the U.S. Airways Mastercard dividend miles hoaxer because you think you're getting the no annual fee, then they knock you for a seventy-nine, uh, and then they crush you. No. When you actually have to fly the airline. Well, did I, Mark Carmen, U.S. Airways hater, WGN radio employee, <laughs> we appreciate you uh, coming on, and hopefully your flight doesn't get too delayed uh, coming back to Chicago because it is, is it's weather? it's very snowy, right very snowy, very snowy. Roads are bad. All right. Well, Neil, you have a great show. I love you flying solo. Of course, we always miss the coach, but great opportunity for you. Uh, you sounded great at the start, so keep on knocking them down, my friend. And I understand I will be co-hosting with you next Tuesday. I believe that's Monday. Okay, Monday. But close enough. Yes, right. and I, we'll, let's, let's, let's meet for about four days uh, prior, and we'll figure out what we're going to do. All right, Mr. Mark Carmen, <laughs> Take it easy. Anybody? Okay. Neil, you the man. All right, see ya. We'll get into some NFL next. We want to thank Mark Carmen for coming on the show. We also want to hear from you, 888-463-6748. Football next here on Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com.
Back, two guys and a mic on TalkZone.com. Neil Malone in for the coach, John Cohn. You can catch you can catch us on Facebook at Two Guys and a Mic. We have a fan page. Become part of our fan base. We would love to have you. We're going to wrap up the NFL week. I know they did that a little bit yesterday, but we had the Monday night game last night. Indianapolis, Dallas, New England, Arizona, Tennessee, Cleveland, Houston, Atlanta, Oakland, San Diego, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Philly, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and the New York Giants, all winners in Week 15. Indianapolis still undefeated. New Orleans, not so much. I want to get your reaction, though, to the prospect of sitting players. Colts coach Jim Caldwell said that he's kind of going to do it like Tony Dungy did and not worry about the undefeated record and more were, you know, worry about getting players healthy for the playoffs. But week 16 coming up, two more games left. That means with a bye, Indianapolis players will be sitting out, if I'm not mistaken, four weeks if they are to sit this week. Now, to me, that's a question of rustiness rather than health. Really interesting thing to think about because it's not like the Colts have been rock solid in the playoffs. They did beat our beloved Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl to have their only title in recent memory, but... The rest of the time, they've crashed out to San Diego a couple times, Pittsburgh. So I don't know if it's the right formula. Sean Payton on the Saints, now they're not undefeated like the Colts, but they have everything wrapped up. Sean Payton said he doesn't believe in that. He doesn't want to sit his players. He thinks he needs to keep everybody as zoned into the game atmosphere as possible. So I want to hear what you think. 888-463-6748. You can listen to us at twoguysandamike.com, or twoguysmike.com, excuse me, or at talkzone.com. So I gave you the winners. A couple pieces of news today in the NFL. Mike Holmgren, one of the coaches that was on the market recently, will become the Cleveland Browns president. And, I, you know, I think that is a good move for the Browns because the walrus, as a lot of people like to call him, he, I mean, he knows what he's talking about. This guy has, he's won pretty much everywhere he's been, struggled a little bit at the end of Seattle. But Mike Holmgren is a winner, and the Browns have been just a bunch of losers pretty much this year with a three-win record, I think, is what they are at this point. So a good hire for the Browns. Sticking in the AFC North, the terrible news of Chris Henry, while that has sort of died down in the media the last few days, his funeral is today, so the the Bengals are flying down to New Orleans for Chris Henry's funeral. And, you know, don't want to name names or anything, but there's I've heard a few people out there Say, you know, in the wake of Chris Henry's passing, that it's like, oh, well, he had it coming to him. He, you know, he, 
he's a troublemaker. No. It's not the way it works. He turned his life around, and he got caught up in something, and it was a tragedy. I don't care about his past. It was rough. So the Bengals will, they're, they're in New Orleans today, rather, for Chris Henry's funeral. The last topic I wanted to, last headline, I guess, from yesterday, <clears throat> or from the weekend, I should say, was Brett Favre, Brad Childress. little drama in Minnesota. And really, I, I have to criticize both of them a little bit. The story was, if you missed it, Brad Childress approached Brett Favre late in the game and said, listen, I think I want to pull you out of this game. They were losing, or no, I'm sorry, they were actually, they were winning 7-6 to six at the time. They ended up, you know, pretty much crashing out at the end and, and losing 26-7 to seven to the lowly Panthers. But Brad Childress, you know, with the Vikings playoff aspirations sort of wrapped up and everything, he said, Brett, you're getting hit a lot. We got to pull you. It's the it's the best move for the team. Brett Favre said, "No, I'm staying in the game. We're winning seven to six, Coach. I'm staying in." And Brad Childress kind of said, "Okay, I guess." So the problem I have with this is if you're Brett Favre, as old as he is. And as much as he was getting hit, are you really that blind to see what your coach is trying to do for you? You guys are making the playoffs. Brett, you've got a chance to win another Super Bowl. But you've got an old, fragile body that's taken a beating over the years. Why? Why wouldn't you be open to sitting? So I want to hear what you have to say, 888-463-6748. We'll ask my good buddy Brady Stiff, who's on the line. We'll ask him about the Brad Childress, Brett Favre situation. Brady, you there? I am here. What's up? Oh, not much, man. I'm glad you glad you decided to call in here on two guys in a mic talkzone.com. I'm talking about the the Brad Childress, Brett Favre thing. Uh-huh. What are your what are your thoughts on that? Because my argument was you know, Brett Favre should should kind of be at fault for not realizing the player-coach relationship and also not realizing the fact that they're already in the playoffs and he could get injured. But then I was also criticizing Brad Childress because you're just going to take that from a player? You're going to tell him something? He's going to say no? And you're not going to say, listen, this is, this is how it's going to be? Right. And... Chili doesn't seem like the, the fiery kind of guy, like a Bill Cowher, who's going to, um, you know, show them who's boss, so to speak. And a guy like Brett Favre certainly has earned the right to um, not necessarily dictate his own situation, but you know, have his input heard. Yeah, I think right. is the right way, right way to put that. And you know, it's, at the time they're winning, but it's a close game. And Brett Favre, as we've seen, you know, like him or hate him, he's a competitor, and he's going to compete. And any athlete is going to compete. And he's not hurt. You know, he's not sick. Why should he come out of the game? That's his thinking. On the other hand, you know, I see the point of, you know, you're getting beat up a little bit tonight. There's a lot of pressure in your face. 
We need you for the playoffs. Um, there's no sense in forcing it. There's no sense in putting yourself at an unnecessary risk when the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl. So I see both sides uh, of the equation. You know, I, I don't really have a strong opinion either way. Yeah. Um, part of me, see, part of me wants to see him go down because I'm not a big fan of Brett Favre, but uh, that's just me. He had, he was sacked four times in the game, hit ten times. So you know, an offensive line that has some big money guys in McKinney and and Hutchinson. You know, who had played pretty well over the course of the year, were really letting guys like Julius Peppers through all night. Right. So he was taking a beating, and and I can you know I can see why Brad Childress wanted him out of the game, but but you're right, Brad Childress is not. He just doesn't seem like the type of guy that's you know not going to take take crap from from somebody. He 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 literally he bowed down to Brett Favre and said basically. Sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't. You know have said, sh- I, I shouldn't have said that. You, you know what he should do is when Brett Favre starts making his case, just just claim that he can't hear him because you know Chili's got that that hearing problem. Yeah, so he should exactly. just claim that he can't hear him and just say, "Well, I can't hear you, so this is what it's going to be." How about that headset that he wears? It's, you know, it's I, the most modest headset in the NFL. I know, but before I realized that he had a hearing problem, I I was like. What in the world is is that? It doesn't look like anything. But it, it looks right. like it wouldn't bother you as much as a big honking Motorola thing that makes coaches look like idiots. We're talking with Brady Stiff here on TalkZone.com, Two Guys and a Mic. You can check out Brady and I's blog, actually. Absolutely. The Neil and Brady Report at the NBR.com, blogs and podcasts, which... We do need to get back to podcasting. I must, yeah, I must I w- say. I was gonna, I was gonna actually talk to you later in the week about doing one either this week or next week. I know this week we got Christmas, we got you know Christmas Eve, all that, all that family stuff. Maybe too much family stuff. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> too much food. Well, I've got a seamless, I've got a seamless segue. Happen. I've got a seamless segue for that. I love seamless segues. And it's to my next topic here on two guys and a mic, which we can podcast about. And that is talking about the worst teams in the NFL. And, well, you know, if you've been watching the Chicago Bears, I think you, you probably are aware that, that they should be considered among the worst. But, yeah, you know, yeah. earlier in the year, we had, you know, teams like Washington, Oakland, Kansas City, Cleveland, even, you know, Carolina looked really awful at one point. You know, teams like that that really represented Buffalo, the worst of the worst. Right. But even in the last few weeks, we've seen, you know, and albeit it was against the Chiefs, but we've seen Cleveland get a little bit of explosive. We've seen Oakland beat the Steelers. You know, we've seen uh, Washington almost knock off the Saints back when they were undefeated. So my question to you is, Top five worst teams in the NFL. Do you think the Bears have creeped in? I forgot to mention Detroit, by the way. Um, I don't know if they're as, as pitiful as St. Louis and Detroit. I mean, we'll find out in the last game of the season. You know, if the Bears lose to Detroit, I don't know if if any of the current team will ever be able to live that down. You know, I mean, that's that's embarrassing. 
Yes. Um, and, and the Bears have beaten up on these bad teams, Detroit, St. Louis, and Cleveland. Um, but, I mean, the, the Raiders have just as many wins as the Bears do. Um, Carolina, they either play really well or really bad. It, right. It's never in the middle. Um, you mentioned Cleveland can score. Um, they've put up, I think, 40 points in two games or something like that. Yeah. Two different games. They, uh, they've really been putting some points on the board. Right. Detroit's going to keep improving because they've got the high draft picks, and I love Matthew Stafford. I think he's going to be a fantastic quarterback in the league for a long time. Um, as soon as, you know, as soon as they get more weapons around him, uh, Detroit's going to be a good team again. Yeah, I, I don't and, disagree with that. Calvin Johnson is a freak athlete. You know, they've, they've got, they've got some pieces. Once they get, you know, some stuff going on on the defensive side of the ball, they, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think they could be, they could be all right. But, yeah. you know, that, and Jordan Burnfield and David Kaplan talked yesterday on the show about how bad the Bears were. So I'm not going to, you know, bore everybody. With a ton of talk on that, but I just wanted to see your take on that. And as I said, the Neil and Brady report, the NBR.com, we'll talk about that on a pod- podcast. Before I let speaking you go, of, Brady. Speaking wait, speaking of the NBR, yep. Stone Paul Malone has made a huge move in our NFL picks race, and I believe you are leading by three games with two weeks to go. I am, and I apologize for not getting my picks in this past week. Okay. We'll have to okay. We'll have to figure out something there, but... Um, but I, I have made a charge in the NFL picks category. But I, before I let you go, I wanted to get your take on, because we're going to move into college basketball next segment. Excellent. The Indiana Hoosiers. they Indiana play. Hoosiers. They play against Loyola, Maryland, I believe it is, next. Yeah, yeah. Um, tonight. I was just talking with Carmen about, you know, he's doing, he's broadcasting a game, Northwestern versus... Central Connecticut State or something. So this is the time of year where, you know, you get those pancake opponents in after you've played sort of your tough out-of-conference schedule. But I got to say, this team has made huge strides from last year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they they bring in a top 10 recruiting class. Um, Maurice Creek has been an absolute stud. He's put up... um, 50-some points in the last two games, you know, combined. 31 against Kentucky, 29 against um, who did they play last? It was, like, North Carolina Central or whatever? North Carolina Central, yep. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, the, the kid can shoot. The kid can drive. Um, he's not as good as a defender as I think he'd like to be, but he's just a freshman. Um, but this kid continues to impress. Um, and I saw they started Derek Elston. Last game instead of Tom Pritchard, they did. I I think we're going to see a lot more of because, um, and for those who for those who don't know, Derek Elston is a freshman out of Tipton, Indiana. Tom Pritchard is a sophomore, um, and you know last year in that disastrous year for the Hoosiers, Tom Pritchard was the big guy, and I think a lot of Hoosier fans forget he wasn't supposed to be. You know right. he was recruited as. You know, he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. He wasn't supposed to be the big guy. But after Kelvin Sampson dismantled the team, um, you know, with, with all that hoopla, um, he ended up being the big guy. And he did what he could. He's not a spectacular athlete by any means. 
Um, but he did what he could. But it, it appears that the freshmen are taking over this team. And I like what I'm seeing. You know, those three games against Maryland, Pitt, and Kentucky, three high major teams, quality programs. They only went one and two, but they were in every game. And they won the Pitt game, played well against Kentucky. I think they stocked Kentucky in the mouth uh, in the beginning of that game, and Kentucky was a little surprised, but obviously talent took over. But, yeah, I think that's, that really helped this team. And going into Big Ten season, you know, there's a chance that they could catch lightning in the bottle and make the NIT. Hey, uh, a postseason tournament, you know, with, with the situation that they were put in would be an incredible feat this year. I love all the kids they have. Um, so if Hoosier fans want to call in, 888-463-6748 on two guys and a mic. But... Yeah, they're they're looking they're looking good. The crowd, I think, is back to where it needs to be, and I'm excited. You know, they're going to have more wins total than last year before they even get into Big Ten play this year. Well, so. tonight they should equal last year's win total of six. <laughs> so right. hopefully, I didn't just jinx them, but tonight they should be able to equal last year's win total. So let's hope they do that. Brady, thank you for joining me. All right, um, Neil. Helps fill the time. Two guys and a mic. We'll be back with some college basketball talk. We'll go through tonight's schedule. Lots of top ten teams in action. Thank you to Brady Stiff for joining me. College basketball next. Two guys and a mic. Talkzone.com. Welcome back to Two Guys and a Mic. Neil Malone standing in for the coach, John Cohn, on TalkZone.com. You can get get us at TwoGuysMike.com. Join us on Facebook at the Two Guys and a Mic fan page. We want to build that up, get as much interest as we can. Thank you to Mark Carmen who came on earlier, Brady Stiff, both colleagues of mine at WGN Radio. Talked with Mark about just about everything, including airports and how he is really displeased with U.S. airways right now. And then we just talked with Brady, a little bit of NFL, a little bit of college basketball. But college basketball is the topic now here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. If you want to talk with me, I'd be happy to have you on the show. 888-463-6748. Plenty of top 10 and ranked action tonight in college basketball. The number one team in the land, the Kansas Jayhawks, will host the Cal Bears. So a little Pac-10, Big 12 matchup there. 
Kansas has looked absolutely incredible so far this year. Really has been disposing of just about everybody they've, uh, well, yes, everybody they've played. They're undefeated. But the Jayhawks, I, you know, I think they are poised to go for a championship this year. I, I don't see why not. They have all the pieces in place. A fantastic freshman, Xavier Henry. Then they have the experience in Sharon, Sharon Collins, Cole Aldrich. And just down the list from there, they have a ton of contributors on the offensive side of the ball. Really a fantastic team. So they, they host California tonight at Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence. Great matchup at 7 Eastern Time, 6 Central. Michigan State at Texas. Number 9, Michigan State. Number 2, Texas. Texas just looked really, really good in beating North Carolina. I think they put up over 90 points in that game over Roy Williams' squad. I know North Carolina's a little depleted, but they're still a top-10 team. They're in action tonight. They host Marshall. That'll be a cakewalk for the Tar Heels, presumably. Number five, Syracuse hosting Oakland. Oakland, Michigan, I believe. And number four, Purdue. We got a Big Ten team creeping up into the top five. Purdue, they're going to be tough to beat this year in the Big Ten. It it pains me to say that as a Hoosier fan because the IU-Purdue rivalry, but they are good. They're hosting SIU-Edwardsville. Other ranked opponents going tonight, Connecticut hosting Maine. Butler travels to UAB. Cleveland State goes to Ohio State. Florida hosting South Alabama. Washington hosting Texas A&M, number 19, Washington. UNLV, Georgia Tech, Clemson. They all have pancake opponents tonight. They're all ranked. Some good stuff, though. Some great teams in action. I always look forward to college basketball. I think it's just it's so much more of a team game than the professional game. It's not about the individual. It's about game plans. It's about schemes. It's about sharing the basketball. And there are some really, really good teams to watch around the country this year. Some news last Night in college basketball, Kentucky, John Calipari's first year there. And he helps Kentucky notch their 2000th win of the program's history. And, you know, say what you want about Kentucky. You may like them, you, you may not, but that's a heck of a feat. First college team to reach 2000 wins. Really incredible. Now, John Calipari was in the news last week. Former Indiana coach Bob Knight spoke in the state of Indiana, which is groundbreaking for him. He's been, you know, essentially exiling himself from that state since the bad breakup, if you will, back in... 2002, I believe it was. But he was finally speaking in Indiana, and he took a shot at John Calipari. 
Bob Knight, of course, a guy that's always about doing it the right way. You can say what you want about why he got fired and the intensity that he brings sometimes. Maybe it's a little too much, but he's about teaching. And so he took a shot at John Calipari, who, yes, has committed NCAA violations at both major programs that he's coached at before Kentucky. We're talking Massachusetts. We're talking Memphis. The championship game run that they had where they lost to Kansas in overtime, 2008, stripped because there was some weird stuff going on. You know, going on at Memphis. Controversy, you know, doesn't elude this guy. He, he, he brings it with him. And yes, he's a good coach, even better recruiter. He gets, you know, freak athletes like John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, two of the freshmen he has this year at Kentucky. Cousins, I swear, looks like he, you know, he's built like a linebacker slash a LeBron James. I mean, this guy is huge. And John Wall has been anointed as, you know, people have almost said he's the best college basketball player in years, decades. He's so good. So he can recruit, but Bob Knight took a shot at him, said, I don't know how a guy is still coaching in college basketball if he has gotten violations Breaking the rules at both programs he was before, uh, he was at before in Memphis and Mass. So John Calipari, yes, he took Kentucky to the 2000 win mark last night. He's got a great team. He's a good coach. But, you know, it doesn't come without controversy and I just, I hope, I hope people sort of take that into account because college basketball shouldn't be about Names. It shouldn't be about getting or, you know, luring recruits with gifts and things like that. Not to say that he did that, but there is stuff like that out there. So great college basketball tonight. Congratulations to the Kentucky program because, you know, there are lots of great coaches, lots of great players that helped contribute to those 2,000 wins. A huge feat. In college basketball. TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic, 888-463-6748. We want to hear from you. I'll talk about just about anything. Got a little bit of baseball news on the way. Get into a few other topics. Stay with me here on the TalkZone.com.
Welcome back to Two Guys and a Mic. Neil Malone sitting in for the coach, John Cohn. Two Guys and a Mic. TalkZone.com. 888-463-6748. Or 888-GO-FOR-IT is our number. Be happy to hear from you on a number of topics. We were talking about the NFL earlier. College basketball. Going to move into a little baseball. We'll run the whole gamut today. A trade just happened within the last hour in Major League Baseball that makes the New York Yankees arguably just that much stronger. Depends on how you look at it. But the Braves get Melky Cabrera, or excuse, yeah, the Braves get Melky Cabrera and then left-hander Mike Dunn, who, you know, smaller prospect, for they're giving up Javier Vasquez to the New York Yankees. So Yankees get Javier Vasquez, they give up Melky Cabrera and Mike Dunn. The Braves are also sending Boone Logan, who, if you remember from the White Sox, are also sending him. But the Braves, you know, this is an interesting move for them because their rotation, if they would have retained Vasquez, was going to be absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion, if everybody stayed healthy. Javier Vasquez, Tommy Hansen, who's a great young rookie last year, Jair Jurgens, Derek Lowe. I mean, there are some really good pitchers. That would have been, you know, among some of the, one of the best rotations in the National League. But now they offload Vasquez, leaving the rotation still good, but, you know, a little bit weaker. Now, Melky Cabrera, I think he's a good player. I, th- I think he'll add, you know, a good bat to the Braves lineup. 274 last year, 13 homers, 68 RBIs. You would like to think that maybe those numbers could increase in the National League. Who knows? But that's the trade. Interesting. couple big names there. I mean, Melky Cabrera has been a very serviceable outfielder that won a starting spot in the Yankees team last year. The Yankees, they, they seem to be always in the mix lately with these signings. Brian Cashman is a busy, busy man. And they are starting to build an all-star team there in New York. You know, it, it was funny. Before they won the World Series this past year, people said, well, the Yankees are trying to buy a championship and it proves you can't do it. Well, last year, they did buy a championship. There's no other way to get around it. It worked. So if you have enough money and you go after the right guys like the Yankees did in Teixeira, Sabathia, Burnett, you could buy a championship. So Tom Ricketts, if you're listening, pour millions and millions and millions of dollars into the Cubs and you will break the curse. You might go broke, but you will break the curse. Another deal recently happening, Jason Marquis going to the Washington Nationals, two years, $15 million. Not a bad deal for the Nationals. They get a, a pitcher who had a, you know, who 
kind of revitalized his career last year in Colorado, you know, surprised everyone. I picked him up in my fantasy league halfway through the year, and he was great. Struggled a little bit at the end, but, you know, it's hard to pitch in Coors Field. So the Nats get Jason Marquis, two years, $15 million. Not bad. My name is Neil Malone. This is the TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic. The number is 888-463-6748. You can catch us on Facebook at Two Guys and a Mic. It's a fan page. Listen every day, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. at TalkZone.com or Two Guys, M-I-C, dot com. I wanted to, you know, and I know this happened a little while ago, but the Roy Halladay to Philadelphia trade, Cliff Lee going out to the Mariners, Edwin Jackson going to Arizona, you know, involved a ton of different teams. But, you know, interesting how Philadelphia dealt with Cliff Lee. You know, they welcome welcome the big left-hander with open arms. Another one of those AL pitchers, Indians pitchers, like Sabathia to the Brewers, that went to the NL and dominated. They got exactly what they wanted with Cliff Lee last year. Went 11-4 and in a Phillies uni. I believe 5-0, and maybe 4-0 and in the playoffs. I think it was 4-0 and in five starts. Can't ask for more than that. And Lee is all of a sudden the guy in Philadelphia. He's the man. He helped us get to another World Series. Yeah, we didn't win to the unlimited money hole that the Yankees are. But we got to a World Series thanks to this guy. Cole Hamels was terrible. Lee picked up the slack. And he's a lefty. You know, everyone's looking for a dominant lefty. And they finally had one. But then, they ship him out for Roy Halladay. Now I know, Roy Halladay is unbelievable. He is, believe me, I, I, I get that. And all, you know, all along, they wanted Halladay first over Lee. Lee was their second choice. But it's just a little funny that after all that time, and every, you know all the wins and and everybody saying how great Cliff Lee was in Philadelphia, it's like, okay, see you later. We don't need you anymore. Roy Halladay's in town now. The Doc's in town. So I'm not saying it was a bad trade. I I I think it was probably you know the Phillies feel that they got their man. Fine. But. If I'm Cliff Lee, uh, you know, I'm probably a little a little mad about the situation. It's just kind of like you got used. You got used for a playoff run and then you're done. Go out to the West Coast. Go out to the AL West where nobody cares. A little interesting. Speaking of Roy Halladay, a little bit of a funny story. He took out an ad, a full-page ad in the paper today in Toronto to thank Blue Jays fans. It's a classy move on his part. I, I, I like that. You know, Roy Halladay has always been, at least seemingly, a really, really nice guy. A guy that, you know, cares about 
his fans and cares about his reputation. So that's that's good to see in a town where, you know, I'm not saying baseball gets forgotten, but let's face it, Canada, it's a hockey country. And the Maple Leafs are the are the number one team there. So for him to appreciate the Blue Jays fans that much, you know, it says something about about Blue Jays fans and, and what he thought about them because Roy Halladay is probably known as one of the, the good guys in baseball. We'll have to see how he does. He's getting old. He's He's pitched a lot of innings over the course of his career, a lot. He's a workhorse. So is that going to catch up with him? I don't know. We'll take our last break here on the Talk Zone. No, we're not going to take a break. 10.54 in the studio. Talking a little bit of baseball. The other thing I wanted to get into, and if you, again, if you want to give your opinion before the end of the show, 10 to 11, got a few more minutes left. Two minutes. 888-463-6748. Only a few minutes left. But the recent endeavors of the Chicago Bears and them really going into the tank this season, you know, amidst all the suspicion of which coach is going to be fired. Is it Lovey Smith? Is Jerry Angelo going to get fired? So amongst their lack of success, the White Sox not making the playoffs, the Cubs not making the playoffs, the Bulls blowing a 35-point lead last night against the Sacramento Kings at home. That's right. They were up 79 to nine, or 79 to, to 44 in the third quarter. And they lost 102 to 98. Now, if you can find something that is, that's more pathetic than that in the NBA, let me know. But that, that's pretty bad. So amongst all of that, the Blackhawks are the only good team in the, in the town right now. Is Chicago, is being a Chicago fan among the worst out of the entire country? Cleveland's pretty bad. The Browns and the Indians are brutal. The Indians hired Manny Acta, who was the Nationals manager when they were so terrible. They've offloaded pretty much everybody. So how bad is it to be in Cleveland? Yes, they have the Cavs, so you got to give it to that. But the Browns are brutal. The Indians are brutal. Cleveland and Chicago are two I can think of. Now, Chicago's a great city. Not to say Cleveland isn't. Uh, there's plenty to do and things, but but sports-wise, we've run on some pretty pretty rough times. My name's Neil Malone, filling in for the coach John Cohn. TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic. Make sure to tune in tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. And everybody stay out of that snow.